0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now,
1: here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show as we are midway through this very busy month of June where... It has been just recruiting on steroids as far as just what has had to become accomplished here uh, with camps and visits and workouts, not just in football but basketball as well. And we'll talk to Robin Washett, who's joining me here, more about basketball later in the show. Um, but I want to get right to really the lead stories here of the week, Robin, for Nebraska football. Number one, they got their quarterback, Richard Torres, and it's always important to get that quarterback early in a recruiting class. This was the guy they brought in first. Uh, they wanted him. They had A.J. Bianco from Hawaii uh, pending to come in here this weekend. Uh, They wrap up Torres after his visit to Kansas State. But uh, what's interesting to me, Robin, is the type of quarterback he is. He's a lot different than Logan Smothers and Luke McCaffrey. And Adrian Martinez, for that matter, he's similar more to Heinrich Harburg. And it just makes you wonder, I mean, have they changed – really what they want and what they're looking for in a quarterback now that they're going into their fourth year in the Big Ten Conference. Yeah,
2: I mean, listed 6'5", 206 pounds right out of the gate. And, you know, he's probably going to be even bigger by the time he gets to campus. Uh, That kind of falls right in line with what they did with Heinrich, where uh, they're going away from the athletes that play quarterbacks and getting Quarterbacks, big, physical, strong quarterbacks that can sit in the pocket and you know play in the Big Ten. Uh, I think that's a, a specifically by design. Not only a quarterback, obviously that's a prime example, but across the board with the way they've reshaped their offensive line, and uh, most notably. The skill positions, the size of the wide receivers, the size of the running backs, and now, um, over the last couple classes, the size of the quarterbacks. Scott Frost is making a concerted effort to get bigger, stronger, faster at all spots on offense after learning the hard way over the first few years.
1: Well, and when you play in weather conditions like the Big Ten, um, you need a quarterback that has arm strength to make the throws. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) Nebraska, this is not going to be every year, but they played a game – in new jersey at night on december 18th Mm -hmm. with 15 inches of snow around the stadium and you, know, you got to have a little bit of arm
2: strength to make throws in those conditions. Thirty mile an hour wind gusts going in your face, going into North Stadium. I mean that. You, yeah, you better be able to sling it. And both those guys, Heinrich, and, uh, and you know this new addition, they they both uh, seem to have that seems to be a strong strong point for them, that their ability to whip the ball downfield with ease. And they have that arm strength that you're looking for with you know Richard Torres.
1: And he's uh, out of the San Antonio area, um, first quarterback I believe from Texas for Nebraska since Tommy Armstrong, um, who also was from the San Antonio area. Era and you're like, well, that wasn't that long ago. It's actually ten years ago. Tommy Armstrong, um, that's crazy, was uh, all the way back in 2012. <laughs> years ago. So uh. this 22 class and Armstrong was t- 2012. So yeah, it, you know, it doesn't sound like Tommy was that long ago, but it, it's been a while since Nebraska has signed a Texas high school quarterback, and it was a pretty regular thing in the Big 12 era. Um, but you know, Richard Torres is is their guy and someone they want to work with and develop. Now, Robin, the other story. Here of the week, Nebraska added Ohio State transfer Tyreek Johnson, former five-star out of Jacksonville, Florida, from the same high school that produced Deontay Williams, uh, a guy that just couldn't crack the the starting rotation for Ohio State and wants an opportunity. Technically, he has three years left, and I say that because – If a guy like this works out, I don't think he's going to want to be in college for six years. Right. Um, So more than likely, you'll get this guy for two years one way or the other, because if it works, he's going to probably go pro. If it's not working, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's probably wanting to be at Nebraska for six full years.
2: Yeah. And so obviously his recruiting profile was right up there with uh, anyone um, coming out as, as a high school recruit, but obviously didn't see the field much at Ohio State, but you always have to pref- preface that when you're talking about not being able to play at cornerback at Ohio State. That means you were playing behind first-round draft picks and legitimate NFL-level players. And so uh, just because he didn't get the opportunity to see the field, I would not read into that as a reflection of his talent. It's more, uh, It kind of speaks to the, the, the wealth and embarrassment of riches that Ohio State has at that position. So if he pans out, I mean, Nebraska got themselves uh, a bona fide – you know, elite level Big Ten cornerback that could potentially push for a starting job or at least, you know, be able to work into that rotation. But, you know, I know there's some questions about his his health, uh, you know, if there was a pre existing injury that he might be dealing with. And so I think a lot there's a lot still to be determined going into fall camp as to where he will start out. In that cornerback pecking order, I mean, obviously they really like Quentin Newsom, and, and Ab Joseph is going to have something to say to that. Braxton Clark um, is going to have something to say about that as well. So they, he's going to have some competition there. I don't know if he's coming here with, you know, basically going to be handed a starting job, but with his pedigree and his uh, talent that he showed coming up as a high school recruit, uh, he's going to be right in that conversation from day one. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, and and yeah, that that that's
1: my question. Where is he in just the grand scheme of all this? I mean, is he better than Quentin Newsom? We know Cam Taylor-Britt's got one side locked down. Where does he fit in, and and you know what will this defense look like when they go to a, maybe a fifth defensive back? Because they're going to play a team like Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They can't roll out four linebackers in that game very often. I mean, you're probably going to see, you know, Nebraska have to bring in a fifth, sometimes even a sixth defensive back in Norman. Um, against Spencer Rattler and that very talented Sooner offense. So is he going to be ready for that type of situation to help Nebraska? Braxton Clark's in that conversation, maybe an Adab Joseph, maybe a Noah Poligates. I mean, they've got a lot of other guys as well, but – He's got to get himself to the top of that conversation for this to be considered a success because you only had two spots left mm-hmm. and you need him to produce right away.
2: Well, and you know, it should be worth noting that he probably is not coming to Nebraska if he doesn't think he can come in and make an immediate impact. He was already at a school where playing time was tough to come by. And for Nebraska's sake, you know, they they like the up and coming talent they have in that room. And so to throw in a, a transfer to that mix in the summer, uh, you know, that's kind of indicates where they think he could potentially help them. I mean, they, they probably view him as a immediate impact type of player. And, again, this was the number 14 overall player uh, in the 2018 class. I mean, so, I mean, this is a legit elite-level recruit that, you know, just because it didn't work out at Ohio State, uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. And so Nebraska, I think, is banking on him being that type of player now that he's going to have an opportunity to, to really make a push for playing time.
1: You know, Robin, something else I wanted to hit on opening headlines is – Either we're I said man we're getting old as guys that we covered working for Husker Online and Rivals now we're covering their sons Mm -hmm. and we're not getting old you're getting old right I mean but Chris Brooks Jr uh, we if you had a chance we I taped a show with him Saturday and his son Chris Brooks Senior Chris Brooks Jr um, came up here in the studio and he worked out for Nebraska on Friday Uh, this week we'll have uh, Dominic Riola and his son working out on Friday for Nebraska. Um, Now, Bob Sledge played in the 80s. His son will be working out for Nebraska on Saturday. Um, So, you know, it's just interesting to see these former Husker guys, pretty notable all-conference level or NFL level guys like Chris Brooks, and now they have sons going through this. And a lot of our users and subscribers on Husker Online, I mean, we we grew up with this. I mean, these are the guys that you maybe followed recruiting for back in like
2: 2005. Well, yeah, I mean, Chris Brooks was the very first – recruiting interview I did when he was a, a four-star kid coming out of, uh, it was St. Louis, right. That, the Missouri area. So, uh, I mean, he's, that one is especially hits home, you know, the Riolà one, you know, he's a little bit older than I was. So that one doesn't hit his heart. but Chris Brooks, I mean, we're the same age and now he's got a kid going through the process. So that's, uh, you know, I think it's only going to get worse from here. Eventually, Sean, we're going to be older than some coaches out there. And, uh, it's, it's, I, <laughs> It's a downward slope that it, I think is I not going to get any prettier.
1: It does help, though, with relationships in our jobs when we get older because when you have kids and coaches have exactly. kids and, you know, you, you see coaches out, I mean, you're able to talk about real-life things. You know, when you're a 22-year-old rookie reporter, you don't really have a lot in common with a
2: 45-year-old coach. That's right. You can talk about going out to the bars with some, like, father of four that's <laughs> working a full-time assistant job. So, yeah, it, it helps in that regard, but still uh, seeing these guys that's – you know, feel like they only played a few years ago, have their kids come on recruiting visits. That That's still hard to process. Well,
1: and Chris Brooks Jr., when he was coming up, um, his dad signed or committed in Nebraska, broke the story to our site in January of 05. I flew to St. Louis. We broke the story in his office. I think I went on 1620 The Zone with Chris that day and even Channel 6 back then when I worked for them. And it was a huge deal. And his son was an 8, 9-month-old baby at the deal. Wow. And he sat in this same studio with me on Saturday taping an interview about his work out of Nebraska. So,
2: Man.
1: and this week, man, are getting old. Yeah. <laughs> the circle of and life. And now we'll continue. get Dominic Raiola's kid here uh, this week who was offered by Georgia as a quarterback. Uh, he'll be at Friday Night Lights. So, lots to keep up on. And we'll talk more about recruiting with Brian Munson here later in the show. Uh, but up next, I do want to hit on basketball with Robin as there's a lot uh, of Nebraska basketball stuff to hit on. That's next. You're listening here to the Oscar Line Show. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us.
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska
1: Athletics. And welcome back to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washat, Nebraska basketball now. And the segment of the show brought to you by our friends at Tanner Sports Bar and Grill on 31st and Yankee Hill, also um, their neighbors, Tavern 180 and Robin and I actually were in Tanner's on Saturday afternoon. We may or may not have been day drinking, but we were working as well. We had a very productive meeting at Tanner's and found a nice corner. And
2: Yeah, I like well, to call it creativity fuel to really come up with some, some good ideas.
1: Had some wings for lunch on Saturday. Uh, my wife was out of town um, with the kids, so took advantage of the day, and Robin and I got a lot of work done in Tanner's. So. Yes, we did. And, uh best wings in town you 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 will not regret going in the tanner sports bar and grill a proud sponsor here of the husker online show uh but robin i want to hit on basketball now with you it was a very busy uh weekend and respects for nebraska a couple official visitors in um once again one a four star one a three star i want to start locally though first because we have a lot of local listeners here uh jason green at a miller north power forward 67205 where are things at right now with jason green
2: well, I mean, Nebraska was his very first D1 offer going back to the summer of 2019. So before his, um, or I guess following his sophomore season, uh, you know, Nebraska was the, the first school to, to reach out. And that contact has maintained over the last two years, and they were finally able to get him on campus for an official visit. He'd been here for unofficials, but this was his first official visit and you know went about as well again as you could have hoped Uh, this is this is a kid that obviously knows a lot about the program but uh what he really wanted to see was just kind of the the in-person stuff which for the last you know previous 15 months just hadn't been able to do and so that was the you know kind of like isaac trout um the week before uh, jason just really wanted to get a feel for the uh, the vibe of the coaching staff and the players and get to see things in person for the first time so you know again that that went as well as uh you could have hoped and now Nebraska's is in an interesting spot as far as his recruitment goes because uh he has no other official visits scheduled as of yet um he took an unofficial to colorado uh a week or two ago yeah a week, week earlier um and then that was just a one day trip and now on the 23rd he's going up to minnesota on uh unofficial visit but other than that, I mean, that's that's what his visit schedule looks like. And he's talking about already trying to cut down his list uh, maybe by the end of July. And so he, you know, if things go as he hopes, make a decision before the start, not of his senior season, but of his senior year of high school. So potentially having a decision made in August. So that uh, is definitely one to watch just because, you know, there seems to be a pretty short window in terms of how much longer this is going to play out. And Jason is an interesting player because athletically – he checks every box. You know, he's he's up to 220 pounds now. So he's 6'7", 220, uh, you know, has really kind of filled out his body, spent a lot of time working on his three-point shot. Uh, but he's a three-star recruit that just fell out of the recent, uh, most recent Rivals 150. You know, he was a borderline 150 player for a while, and the the, the last update they did, they, they dropped him out of the rankings. And a lot of that is just because no one's gotten a chance to see him play. So uh, this is a big summer for him, um, and then obviously going into next season to kind of re-elevate his profile. But as far as Nebraska is concerned, they've been the, the first one on him, and they are probably right at the top, if not at the top, of his list in terms of potential options when he comes to making a decision. You're listening here to
1: the Husker Line Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Watchett, And, you know, Robin, after Isaac Trout, would you consider Jason Green the next best in state prospect in the state?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh I don't think there's really any question at that point, you know, not when you're turning the page to the 2022 class. It's those two and you know, really there's a significant drop off uh in terms of mid-major type guy versus high major proven type. high major talent exactly. Like the 23 class there's you know, there's some work to do there as far as getting, you know, what we've been accustomed to over the couple the, of the, years. the 20 and the 21 class in particular. Uh, so, you know, that. So those are the two best guys, and Nebraska got them uh, on campus for official visits in consecutive weekends. So they're at least prioritizing the state and making sure that the, the best guys in, in this state are, are getting on campus and being recruited properly.
1: And then Robin Gus, uh, is it Yalvin? Yaldon. Yaldon was here from IMG Academy in Florida, um, and obviously a lot of our football listeners are very familiar with IMG Academy. They play basketball. Um, didn't they play in Grand Island one year? Yeah.
2: I think this, I don't know if it was this past couple Heart, years ago. Heartland classic or the year before, but yeah, they were, they were right up here. So, uh, it's interesting. He's only been there for one year. Uh, he's going into his junior year and this is his second high school. Uh, the year before that he spent his freshman year of high school playing at uh, modern day, uh, academy in Santa, Ana, Santa Ana, California. Uh, coincidentally, uh, as a teammate of current Nebraska freshman, Wilhelm Breidenbach, uh, and. The ties don't stop there as far as Gus Yaldin uh, and Nebraska. Uh, he was born in Maryland. He currently lives in Wisconsin, right around the Madison area. But for several years, he went to elementary school in Kearney. And his mom was an assistant coach at uh, the UNK uh, women's basketball program. And so, I mean, his grandparents still live in Kearney. He's got several other family members that, you know, own, own a house on Johnson Lake and, you know, are. are very established in the state. So he's got a lot of ties here. And we got a lot
1: of our Kearney listeners are like, ooh, John, I mean, yeah, that, that rings a lot of. We got so, a, our affiliates in Kearney and Grand Island every every Friday listen to this
2: show. So so this is a kid that, I mean, spent part of his youth uh, living in, in Kearney. And so uh, there's a lot of connections there. And this was Nebraska was the first visit that he took. It was an unofficial visit um, and a kind of a string of about four or five different stops that he made on this. Uh, Tour so one of his he calls himself Gus Bus the Gus Bus and so he went on this Gus Bus tour (laughs) around where he went to Nebraska on Friday morning and then Friday night they drove to Ames Iowa and did an unofficial at Iowa State Uh, then he went to um, Butler Iowa uh, Marquette and Wisconsin all in the span of like a week and a half or something like that so he did a big tour uh, but you know Nebraska was the first one and you know he's deep rooted within the state he's been to nebraska football games he was at no sit sunday when nebraska played wisconsin Uh, and so i mean this kid is very familiar with the program and the state and the campus and you know this is the number 21 overall player in the 2023 class that Uh, Is getting a lot of looks. He's 6'8", 240 pounds. You look at him, you don't think that you got to wonder, like, how is he that good? Then you watch him play, and he looks like Nikola Jokic. And there's a reason why they call him Baby Jokic, uh, the the reigning or new NBA MVP. He's that type of player offensively, and there's a reason why Nebraska is very excited about him. So definitely one to watch, especially if he comes back for an official visit in the fall. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk basketball, Robin and...
1: You know, the team got back on campus and started doing workouts and i know um you've gotten some insight on kind of how those things are going i mean w- can you share any morsels of information nuggets for the starving mm-hmm. listeners I mean, because i honestly don't really real think people realize robin how much improvement we're going to see on this roster year over year
2: yeah well i mean they just from a experience standpoint i mean this is clearly the best group fred hoyberg's ever had and Uh, The early indications are that, you know, this is an all-business approach by this team. And I think a big part of that has to do with your leaders are grinders. You know, Trey McGowan, Lat May, and Kobe Webster, uh, you know, those types of guys that are, you know, the biggest voices on the team are also some of the hardest workers. And so they set the tone for everybody else. All these newcomers they have uh, with a, you know, top 20 consensus recruiting class, they're being shown how things are supposed to be done at Nebraska right out of the gate. And, um, you know, I think the only two players that aren't here are Keisei Tomonaga, who's playing uh, with the Japanese Olympic three-on-three team. And then Oleg Koyanets who's playing with the Lithuanian U-19 national team um, at a FIBA tournament. Those are the only guys that aren't here yet. So everybody else is on campus, and they're doing group workouts where... You know, three or four of them uh, at a time, kind of go through an hour session. So they're not doing full teamwork. I think that actually starts up this weekend. Well, they'll actually get some some up and down five on five work for the first time. But uh, you know, through these early stages, you know things are looking pretty good uh, from from what I've heard. I mean, obviously your established veterans are looking like established veterans. Your highly touted prospects, the Bryce McGowans, looks phenomenal. C.J. Wiltshire is shooting the heck out of the ball right now and is a legitimate three-point specialist. Uh, and so, I mean, Eduardo Andre, he's put on like 15 pounds of muscle, and he looks like a completely different player. I mean, just in his legs and his arms. I mean, he looks like a legitimate center now instead of that wiry kind of gangly guy. I mean, hes he, he's got some some. S- size to him so anyway it's early you take it for what it is but it seems like through the first couple weeks since they all got back onto campus at the beginning of the month uh, things have looked very good thus far
1: well lots to keep up on nobody does it better in the state than robin watch when it comes to everything nebraska basketball so make sure you follow him on twitter follow his work on husker online all right we'll continue the show we're gonna talk more football uh next you're listening here to the husker online show
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
3: There's no question it, it's it's gonna be risky to put your name in the portal. I'll, I'll tell you this, it, it's not supposed to happen, but the ones you really want that are in the portal,
1: they already know where they're going before they put their name in the portal, which is tampering and illegal, but that's that's
2: the way it's working. At one point, I think there was 1,100 kids in the portal. There's only 120-some Division I schools in the country, so there's gonna be a lot of kids left without a seat metaphorically when the music stopped. The other dangerous part is it. graduation rates go way, way down when you leave one school and go to another. Heck, we had one
1: leave that's already left the next place he's going and headed to another place. And, and that's the biggest, I think the biggest thing that's going to get hurt is, is if kids don't get their college education because they're trancing around trying to chase a little better situation from a football perspective. That affects their life. And welcome back here to the Husker Line Show. Sean Callahan, now joined by Greg Peterson, who has been on the road with me the last uh, week or so. Uh, lots of different things. And, Greg, you and I were out in Kearney as uh, we took part in the <laughs> Big Red Blitz Tour in 20 cities around the state of Nebraska, as Coach Frost uh, spoke uh, at the Eunice Conference Center there in lovely Kearney. And and that was kind of the soundbite that made the headlines coming out of this thing And you heard the whole soundbite there and you're like, huh? he didn't say much. But if you selectively clipped things and put it out and put your own context around it, you know, there was a little part in there where it sounded like he trashed uh, Luke McCaffrey. And I, I think we can both agree we were in the room. We heard it. Scott Frost was not trashing Luke McCaffrey. But if you snip that around that and slice and dice it and, you know, have fun with it on Twitter, Next thing you know, Christian McCaffrey and his other brother in the NFL, they're all going nuts and crazy about it, um, you know, ripping Scott Frost in Nebraska, et cetera. And that's just a—that's the world we live in. But I thought that was really an interesting deal, how that soundbite right there, Greg, really stirred up a lot yesterday.
3: Yeah, if you, you just look at the backlash on Twitter and, and you know, I agree with you 100%. We knew exactly who he was talking about. That was Luke McCaffrey. Keyshawn Green, right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) Who? Um, No, and you saw the Twitter backlash, and then people attacking the McCaffrey family. Um, You know, this is just, it's all ridiculous, basically, with the social media that that blows all these things up like that. Um, You know, Luke, I, I... I still don't blame him and he's looking for the right fit right now. I, you know I, these kids are still young and he might might have made the wrong decision in the first place but um, you know coach frost hits the nail right on the head that you know this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to see this happen over and over and over from not just from Nebraska but everybody out there. It's like you said it's the world we live in. Um, kids just are trying to chase that dream like like coach frost said of a little bit better situation when maybe you know what the best situation is sitting right in front of them where they where they decided to go to in the first place you know he,
1: he goes to louisville last a week and and now he's at rice and who knows where he's at in the mix there but we know rice is one of the 10 worst uh FBS football programs in the country and i, I just kind of found humor that the older McCaffrey brothers were trashing Scott McCaffrey or Scott Frost for transferring from Stanford to Nebraska when he was from Nebraska and Bill Walsh left Stanford. And you know, his outlook of his career was changing at that point. And he, he won a national championship. And yeah. I, I think we can both agree Luke McCaffrey is not going to win a national championship by transferring from Nebraska um, at Rice of all places. So just the whole dynamic of that. I mean, some other interesting things, Greg, I thought from Coach Frost and Carney, um, just him reliving a year ago and and just that moment of um, not having the season and and, and just what that was all about and said he almost in some ways he he believed in everything he said, but the backlash that the program got for him being so vocal and he used the words we had national media members sicked on on us like dogs and we know who those guys are. Um, And and the Big Ten was operating with some of those guys to push their narrative out there and try to cover themselves. But Scott Frost called it exactly how it was. I mean, there were people that bet on the wrong horse, and they continued to hedge that bet until they had absolutely no choice but to bring a season back. Because this conference would have been crushed if they didn't have a season last year.
3: Oh, yeah. And everybody knew that you know they made that decision way way too quick and they thought that the whole rest of the nation was going to follow suit with we're them. the
1: smart guys
3: yeah yeah and uh and, and and coach frost i I understand uh you know his worries about standing up like that um because they already showed that they're going to stick nebraska with with a bad schedule just because of this um so moving forward you know expect to have another Every year like this, when you got to play Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and you know, every big boy out there, so um, yeah, it's not fair. But but you know, Coach Frost is sticking up for his brand, and you can't blame him. Uh, like you said, you know, he's he's a native son of the state, and you know he wants what's best for Nebraska, and and he's going to speak
1: his mind. Yeah, and the scheduling thing is, you know, you could say, oh no, they don't. Well, okay, Nebraska was the only team in the Big Ten West that drew what would be considered two big brands from the East. Everybody else had one, and I think one team had none. I mean, Nebraska played Penn State and Ohio State last year, and everybody else got one of those type of teams. I believe Northwestern got none, um, which coincidentally they won the West. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Funny how that works out. (laughs) So, you know, you, you just break that stuff down. Like Indiana, I know when Scott Frost first got here, he couldn't believe that Indiana's first trip to Lincoln was in essentially year nine of the Big Ten for Nebraska. They had not yeah. played in Lincoln. Um, and some of that has to do with Indiana's got a permanent crossover with Purdue, and that automatically eats up a crossover for them every year. Right. Um, but you, you just think about like this year, Michigan will make just their second, second. trip ever to the Memorial Stadium in 10 years, um, 11 years now. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there are some points there. And I when I look at the Big Ten and the scheduling and all that for Nebraska – I feel like Nebraska is almost used as a ratings bumper. Like, all right, we're going to put Nebraska in at least two, maybe even three of these crossovers a year because they're not going to win, but mainly they still get a good rating. Yeah, you know, and, and they're not going to beat Ohio State, but it will get a good rating, and 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 that that's part of the reason why Nebraska, I think, gets some of these draws as much as anything. The television networks want more attractive games. Uh, that draw numbers, and you can trash Nebraska's on-field results the last couple of years. They still draw good television ratings, and I I look at the data. I I get it. People are upset the way the seasons have gone, but Nebraska still is a ratings draw, and I think that's some of the reason why they they get these games as well. Has to be. Has to be. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as uh, we talk Big Red Blitz Tour um, out in Kearney. And, you know, there were a lot of uh, things that Coach Frost hit on. I uh, thought it was interesting. Kearney uh, was quarterback U for Nebraska um, yeah. as Heinrich Harburg, Matt Masker. Um, then even Braden Miller was a Carney high guy as well. And um, that was something else, you know, for him to be out there. I think it was special. And, and, and just being out by Wood River 20 yeah. minutes away from where he grew up and played his high school ball.
3: Yeah, I, he he was calling Kearney his hometown basically. Um, and, and, you know, those roots – they stick hard. And, and I think one of the most interesting thing was uh, when he was talking about uh, when he was asked a question about uh, when he had to do farming when he was a kid. Um, so he has that kind of connection with the people that live out in the western part of the state like that. And uh You know, for the small group of people that was actually there, I think they were all very entertained. And and it was a very cozy kind of an atmosphere where uh, Coach Frost just kind of cut it loose and uh, just took questions from the crowd and uh, had a lot of fun with it.
1: I wish they would have had, honestly, the room just set up a little differently. I mean, if they would have known it was going to be under 100 people, I mean, make it be more intimate. I mean, they had that room set up for like 800 people. I mean, it's crazy. Um, you know, if you're going to be in a room like that, like make the setting where he's like right in there with you, almost like a yeah. um, an acoustic music bar setting versus um, a giant conference room setting. But uh, nonetheless, um, it was a very busy week for all of the coaches and they were out on the road. Lots of that coverage on Husker Online as Blake Arnie was in Columbus. Abby Barmore was in Fremont. Robin Washett was in Grand Island. And Greg and I, obviously, were in Kearney. But when we come back, I'm going to continue this discussion with Greg. We're going to talk camps. Greg and I were at Seven on Seven. Greg also was out at Lincoln Southeast, um, or excuse me, Lincoln Pius. And we're going to hit on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
3: Yeah, we've never had a June like this. Um, It's great because, you know, it's been a year, year and a half off recruiting since had kids on campus been able to go out and evaluate kids. So it's time that we need to catch up. We're really trying to fit a year of recruiting into a month. I mean, there's days we have individual workouts every hour on the hour, all morning, and then I meet with the guys that I need to meet with while we have two camps going on and official visitors on
1: campus, and
3: it, it's good that we're getting to catch up. But this is taking a lot out of the coaching staff, and, and we're going to need to recharge our batteries for season.
1: And welcome back here to the Huskar Line Show, Sean Callahan, Greg Peterson. As you heard, Coach Frost, it's maybe the busiest June we've ever seen in the college football world for many reasons. As we know, the COVID nineteen world shut down everything, um, not just in football but most of the country, and that recruiting is probably other than arizona state by the way who who ran full who ran full recruiting trips and visits over the pandemic everybody else uh, did not have an opportunity to do that and for nebraska you heard coach frost i mean every friday um is spent with these morning workouts from nine to one where kids come in on the hour about 20 or so every friday then they have official visitors get into town in the afternoon. They have a camp typically Friday night, a camp Saturday, official visitors in. Uh, they're going to have a barbecue recruiting event Friday afternoon as well. So it's one thing after another. You have coaches going out on the road, um, and it, it's been nuts. I mean, Greg, you, you and I, I'll mean, we. i be honest, Like when we went on the road a couple of those times with those satellite camp tours, that, that was pretty nuts. I mean, I think one year we were gone like nine days and went to like seven camps and Five state. I mean, it was. I mean, we've we've done we've done some legs, but I, I think this locally this is about as intense as it gets when you add those private workouts with the visit weekends and the camps and everything else going on.
3: Absolutely, uh, you know, Coach Frost told you right there that they're trying to they're catching up for a whole year of recruiting in one month right now, um, and it's it, it's showing that it's taking its toll. Coach Frost looked like he'd been through the ringer uh, when we saw him yesterday um but you know that's he he's a grinder and um that's the way it goes so um you know with uh everything going on here locally um you know we're gonna start wrapping that up here but yeah these individual workouts on Fridays their whole Fridays have been taken up and and I, I mentioned to you yesterday even I had talked to coach Becton on Sunday at the seven on seven and and he'd said that he'd been missing us uh you know at the, at the Adidas satellite camps this year and um, we just didn't have a chance to do that, and uh, they did get it get out last week some. Um, but uh, yeah, their time is right back here during the weekends, and and it's all systems go on recruiting. So it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, with Friday's Friday Night Lights camp and and the barbecue on on Friday afternoon, and, and then you know we wrap it all up on Saturday with the uh, Adidas Pipeline Camp.
1: Yeah, this is really kind of the last heavy weekend, and and there's yep. still going to be another week of on-campus activity visitors after this, but camps, and, and and there will be private workouts, I think, too, yeah. the, the final Friday, but uh, at least the camps as we know it on campus, that will come to a close here this week. But, you know, this weekend there was really only the one major event, um, and that was the 7-on-7. Uh, seven seven. And 14 teams, it was not a big tournament. Um, but there's no question, Greg, I thought the team that, that uh, really dominated was Ankeny and JJ yep. Cole, the son of Jamie Cole, um, was there the quarterback and his um, Jamie Cole, as you guys know, if you are listening, he's the, the the fame kicking coach and um, Sam Foltz, um, yep. you know, would go to that camp every year and, and that's where the tragic accident happened and for me it was I mean it was special to see Gerald Foltz out at the camp with Jamie Cole and and just the friendship that those guys have knowing the tragedy that these men dealt with. Not that long ago, when, and Sam and Gerald was there watching um, young JJ slinging the ball around yeah. Memorial Stadium, and I'm sure Sam was in there somewhere watching as well um, because him and Jamie Cole were very close.
3: Yeah, um, it was kind of a special story to see, and and we, we knew uh, we we had targeted uh, JJ Cole, uh, you know, before the camp had started, so we knew he was going to be there, and and he really was impressive, um, especially he two games in a row. Leads Ankeny back from trailing with under a minute left. In the Creighton the game. prep one was big. And yeah, the Creighton prep one was big, but then he turned it right around uh, in the semifinals next game too. Same thing. And and my goodness, the poise that he showed was very impressive. Um, I, I I don't see him uh, leaving the state of Iowa, though, to uh, play his college football. but uh, Maybe oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, maybe Wisconsin. There you go. Um, but you know we got a chance to see uh, Southeast again and uh, uh, Norris. We saw a little bit of, uh, of, of of Ashton Hausman and and you know it was it, overall it was, a, it was a pretty fun day for us um, and uh, just kind of got a refresher on some of the guys that we've been looking at here around the state.
1: Yeah, Lincoln Southeast and we've seen a lot of the nights um, and and yep. they, they've you know for fresh offer blood that's happened locally in the state they're it right now I mean yeah. there's no I mean Daniel Kalen out of Bellevue West will, mm-hmm. he will be in Lincoln Friday but right. he's not going to throw um, so Dylan Riolà, I, I don't know for sure if he's going to throw or not but I hope he does he's going to be at the barbecue yep. um, so we'll see if he throws but I was a little surprised I would have liked to have seen uh, Kalen throw a little Me bit too. In, in the stadium but he's just going to come down in the recruiting event and you know, me being the competitor. If I was a competitor, I'd say if Ryola's throwing, I'm going to throw um, yeah. and get after it a little bit. But maybe Nebraska told him not to throw um, and 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 don't worry about it. It's come down. We want to meet you. Um, I mean, this is the junior varsity starting quarterback for Bellevue West that currently has a Husker offer. Exactly. And, and so I and we went to a lot of West games and didn't even get to see. It. We we no. saw him in the end of the game, but that, but we weren't
3: paying attention then.
1: <laughs> and, and all of my years covering recruiting in this state, that that is one of the more Bizarre, but interesting. I won't use bizarre, but interesting yeah. Husker offers ever made um, f- to a guy that's never played varsity or never started varsity at a position that high profile. Um, I mean, it, it just tells you where recruiting is at now. And um, I know Nebraska made their own evaluation on Kalen, um, but you know Mario Verduzco, you know, has a very keen eye for what he wants, and clearly yeah. they they must see something that they really like in him to at least put that offer out there right now.
3: Well, they have to because... Florida State. Yeah, well, after the Florida State offer as well, but um, he has not even won the starting job yet. Luke Uh, Johansson's back. Yeah, uh, so we don't even know if he's going to be the starter. And by the Uh, way,
1: Nate Glantz, National Junior College football player of the year.
3: And you know what? I went and watched his first game of the year here. Bellevue West quarterback, if you're if yeah. not familiar with the name. And he was looking great. Uh, you know, we kept uh, our, our colleague over at KETV7, Matt Lothrop, was with me. And uh, we were calling it right there that uh, he's a D1 kid. <laughs> you know? He, somebody missed the boat on him. But oh. I think somebody's going to end up with a pretty good quarterback.
1: Well, he's going to come back. So this year is a freebie for him. Yeah. And I, I talked to Scott Strohmeyer at length this week um, as their kicker is more than likely coming to Nebraska as a walk-on. It's not a finalized, but it basically is. Um, but anyway, he was really worried. Um, glance went out to Penn State uh, with Vandenberg, the, the defensive <laughs> lineman that yeah. ended up committing to Penn State. And um, he threw for Penn State, who in the offseason lost their number two and their number four quarterback so they were they they're down to just um the, the number one guy that's coming back and that's it and then a, wow. and an incoming kid so his fear was like I think James Franklin could just offer um his guy glance and and all of a sudden they'd be out without a guy but mm. he's going to come back and I would imagine he'll be a power 5 quarterback next year yeah. I mean he could be a two-time national junior college football player of the year and you know get get some great opportunities and that just it's a snapshot of what Iowa Western can do to a kid. I mean, locally, I mean, they took Jake Waters from mm-hmm. St. Albert's, and he went on to have a great career at Kansas State. And, yep. you know, maybe Glance can, can go on that similar path.
3: I think he can. Um, you know, like I said, we were kind of joking about it earlier, but uh, he really came through and uh, really impressed me. Uh, you know, we've seen him play a lot of football over the years from Bellevue West, and, and um, you know, I think he's got a real shot uh, shot that I didn't give him when he was coming out of high school.
1: Now you were at the Southeast um, Pious Jamboree um, events for LPS this week. Those were the two. And Lincoln High was there. Lincoln Northeast was there. Yep. Abby Barmore uh, was at the event with you. Little surprised that Appleget um, Jake Applegate is is you know kind of playing a poker face right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see. And I predicted this week that he'll commit by the end of yeah, June, yeah. just because I. I, I think he's got to realize the spot situation. It's real. It's not like Nebraska can hold that spot for the whole year. I mean, it'll be interesting to see when Apple get, if he pulls the trigger to Nebraska, when it happens.
3: Well, it tells you a lot, too, that he was the first individual workout that they June had. June 1. June 1st. Um So he has had now 16 days since then um, to think this over. And, yes, when I talked to him, Uh, Tuesday morning I was a little bit surprised about um, how slow he was taking things because we've already seen that Nebraska is not holding they they can't afford to hold spots open especially if they're only going to take 14 or 15 in this recruiting class Um, so like we've already talked about before they're putting the pressure on because you know that next guy on their list is coming in for a visit behind you so um, yeah, I, I think that uh, his ties to the program, um, th- the Southeast ties to the program, have to tell you something that, um, hey, you better commit sooner than later because we can't afford to hold one for you this year.
1: All right. Well, when we come back, Brian Munson's going to join me and we're going to talk more in depth about the recruiting visitors for Nebraska, where things are at with that very, very small class list that may be as small as 14. You're listening here to the Oscar Line Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And final segment of the Husker Online show, Sean Callahan, Brian Munson, as we are talking Husker recruiting. As, as we know, it's been busy. Nebraska Brian has had 14 official visitors in um, over the first two weekends, which Honestly, I would venture to guess there aren't a lot of teams in the country that have done 14 over two weekends, and that's just how Nebraska's always rolling with recruiting. They, they have to be more aggressive, get more guys on campus. And from the looks of it, I mean, we, you know, we know the numbers are going to be an issue, but these 14 guys that they've brought in, um, and Richard Torres has committed and Andrews has committed, um, You know, they've gotten two commits out of the, the, the weekends, uh, but these 14 guys seem to be all high-level priority guys.
4: Well, they definitely are, and, and I think that uh, obviously, you know, there's only been two commitments out of the 14, but I think Nebraska, you know, and I think you and I kind of compared some notes on this too, thinking back about who else could jump in the class next. They're in a great position to, to go on kind of a little bit of a commitment run here shortly. Um, you know, this was uh, – you know, and Sampson's gone a little bit radio silent since the visit to Ohio State, and my guess is right now is that he's sorting things out. Uh, this was kind of that that week. I think that he's kind of realizing, you know, that he's got a guy like Grant Page that's sitting behind there, that's taking a visit to Nebraska, and he's gonna have to do something pretty quick or decide to go ahead and pass on the Nebraska spot. But then there's also, you know, Tyler Martin. You got Jake Applegate now. that's coming in this weekend. It seems like that would make some sense for him to kind of get in uh jalen marshall valen erickson uh, heck i'd even throw in both the defensive backs you know that potentially that nebraska's already hosted that they could jump in sometime you know between now and maybe even potentially like the end of july so there's six guys maybe that I just kind of rattled off the top of my head then that, that would take you up to 10 right away and and you still have got a, a nice little list coming in this weekend you know you got you got Mons coming in. You got a couple of other safeties coming in. Um, so it, it's, it, and, and we're going to get a lot better, a lot better view of things as we go along. But I think Nebraska, as well as you know, just the priority stuff, they've done such an incredible job of of just kind of convincing and showing those guys what makes Nebraska special without it, just like being around a game day weekend. Like these kids are really seeing what it's truly like to kind of be a student athlete at Nebraska. And that's, I think it's really worked out in Nebraska's favor.
1: Well, just the strategy Nebraska used to get Richard Torres to give him essentially two weeks. And they told him in so many words, all right, if AJ Bianco though gets in Lincoln, it's over. And, you know, AJ Bianco then can commit on the offer spot. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a gutsy strategy, but it obviously worked um, because Torres went to Manhattan, saw Nebraska and K-State both, and, and, and pulled the trigger.
4: Yeah, and, and I think that they did a great job by, you know, allowing him to take his time a little bit and, and and search those other couple visits. He had Kansas State, he did TCU, he did SMU, and he did UTSA, and then he finished it off with Kansas State. And it was kind of misleading because he was, very, he was very happy on Twitter. It seemed about Kansas State. But I think Nebraska has done the right things. They've, they've applied pressure, you know, just enough to say, look, it, it, this is your decision. But we also have a, a, a class to build. We have to, we have to fill our roster. And, and you can either go ahead and go about your process the way you want to go about your process and wait it out and potentially lose this spot, and here's where the risk starts coming in. And and Nebraska laid it out. They've laid it out with all of these guys. Heck, how many times have you ever heard of a a kid being recruited to play a position that comes there the weekend after a kid that plays the same position, and then they, they look each other up on social media and they talk to one another about Nebraska? I have never heard of that before. Ashton Hayes found Justin Williams, talked to him about Nebraska. Justin was on his official visit to West Virginia. So I just, I've never heard of that whatsoever before in my life. And, and it's just, it's a really, really, really weird month. And the competitiveness that's there around these spots, uh, it's real.
1: You're listening here to the Husker Line Show as we talk recruiting with Brian Munson. And, you know, Brian, we talked about class size a little bit here. And, you know, I think we've been so accustomed to these 20 to 25 man classes that you're just like, it's going to be this way forever. But COVID is what has changed that where, you know, there's, there's, there's 52 scholarship freshmen and redshirt freshmen on Nebraska's 85 man scholarship chart. So there's very, very little at the top. And, you know, what, what we're hearing is, you know, maybe a 14 man, 15 man type recruiting class, which is, you know, something we've never seen in the 20 plus years we've covered Nebraska in this internet era. It's, make, it's going to make
4: the getting to know
1: portion of our,
4: our jobs very easy to do at the end of the year. But, I mean, to your point, um, you know, it, it could be a really, really small class at 14. The spread that I heard this weekend talking to a recruit, and I kind of hit on it uh, in the three and out later th- this week, um, is it could be 14. It could be 28. But we also I also spoke to another recruit that was – it was emphasized to him exactly what you said. A coach told this player, this recruit, we are an incredibly young team, meaning back half of the of the, of the roster is incredibly young, like to, like what you said, 50-some-odd players are in those first two years of eligibility. So what they're looking for is even if they can get 28 guys, if the NCAA comes back tomorrow and says, yeah, shoot, go ahead and fill up and take 28 and we'll figure out a way to taper you down to 85, you know, the next couple, three years, don't look for Nebraska to do that. I think Nebraska realizes that they have they have so many bodies and so many names in that in that, that back half of basically their eligibility. They're not looking to add and make the numbers that much greater in that back half. I think that they really want this this team to kind of mature, take another step forward, and and they're really looking for some dudes that are going to come on the end of the team and say. I I'm here to, to, to play. I don't want just a roster spot. I want to play. And, and that's, that was one thing that was emphasized to an official visitor this weekend about what this class is all about.
1: You're listening here to the Husker online show and Brian, you know, one that really has intrigued us both because I think you and I always have had an appreciation for the in-state talent, but a guy like Vince Genitone where he's oh. going to fall in this conversation because we've laid it out pretty good on our weekly recruiting board, what Nebraska is going to do at linebacker, it's probably Apple get as the OLB, Martin as kind of the, the flex guy that can go inside or out, and then Ashton, or in Hausman as your uh, true inside guy, then that maybe puts a spot, maybe, for Genitone as kind of the Isaac Gifford, Jojo Doman that could play in the safety spot or move his way down, but I think the staff obviously has to figure out can they really afford to take him in that position at this point.
4: I don't disagree with you at all. I, I think that I've never heard—I've never heard a, a, a coach tell a kid you could play anywhere from Mike to safety. I mean, this kid has got athleticism. He has strength. He has—he has, he has uh, agility. Um, he could do a little bit of everything. I think is what they're basically telling. Him. So very JoJo Domenesque. Uh, I think that this is the kind of guy that can play. And do similar things uh, very Isaac Gifford kind of that 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 hybrid-looking guy. Um, I, I think that the challenge, like what we've talked about here, is just kind of getting this COVID thing figured out. If 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 Genitone picks up an offer, it's going to be as an athlete, and, and it's going to be we're just going to get you on campus and just see where this thing kind of figures you know figures its way out. We we think that you can do this, or that you can do that. You probably can play some special teams too let's just get this thing figured out once you get on campus and, and figure out where your body takes you and, and where some opportunities present itself. I, I think that would be a completely and totally fair kind of assessment of, of him and getting him on campus to figure out what's kind of gonna happen with the next. I, I think that there's at least two, maybe three other guys in state that are probably, you know, right behind Jenna in and kind of their testing numbers. And I think any other, any other year where we're not talking about COVID hanging over the top of this, this school uh, of over college football and really over Nebraska, um, we could have a number of other in-state offers kind of go out the door against some guys that are really, really, really athletic or being told that they're kind of a priority walk on, you know, get you in and try to find a way to maybe scholarship you or get you on a scholarship very soon in your career.
1: Well, Brian, it's going to be another busy weekend. Private workouts again, as we know, on Friday, official visitors. There's also a Friday Night Lights camp, a O-line, D-line pipeline camp. There's a recruit barbecue scheduled um, at the stadium on Friday afternoon before the camp. So it, it's, it, it's going to be one thing after another. And, you know, we, we've done our best to kind of navigate through it. And this weekend is going to be another one of those great weekends to make sure you're on HuskerOnline.com.
4: Well, and, and like we said, man, we've been we've been cooked up for 14 months, and, and now that we get an opportunity to finally cover recruiting, like we know that we can cover recruiting for our customers, we're going to do the best jobs that we can. So we've got fresh legs. So just go ahead and stick around here all weekend long.
1: Let's go, baby. Let's. Uh, we're we're going to get to work and uh, make sure you check it out all weekend long on HuskerOnline.com. <laughs>